sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Dublin South FM. And hello to all those business owners, consultants and coaches out there. Everyone who is striving to drive the business forward. Everyone who wants to be successful. What is success, I wonder? But the only way that you'll ever find out what success is, is to actually take one step forward. Believe in who you are, what you're about, and self-worth, in my opinion, is the most important thing that you can gain. And once you've developed that self-worth, then you need processes, you need strategies, and you need behaviors to make you and your business successful. And today, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. Yes, LinkedIn. Everyone is jumping on LinkedIn. And people that know me a long time know that I swear by it. It is my tool for reaching out. It's a network tool. It's an excellent platform. has some limitations, which drives me crazy. But today, we're going to chat about it. We've brought on a LinkedIn expert, someone who has been helping coaches, consultants like you to develop their business and bring in a better strategy. Shelley Hutchinson, welcome to Dublin South FM. How are you? I'm great, thank you, and delighted to be here. Yes, the Facebook guru. You're popping up on Facebook. You're running five-day challenges. You're driving people to take them out of their comfort zone and say, yes, LinkedIn is my baby. LinkedIn is my baby. But tell me, before LinkedIn, before you realized the power of LinkedIn, what were you doing yourself? Oh, my goodness. Wow, you've really opened up a big question there, Joe. (laughs) So... Um, before LinkedIn, um, immediately before I switched to LinkedIn, I was actually teaching Facebook funnels. Um, and I taught Facebook funnels for about four years from about 2014 to 2017, 2018. And there was a reason for me switching to focusing on LinkedIn. What I noticed was obviously Facebook ads became very expensive. And um, a lot of my audience was struggling to go from starting their business to getting to grips with creating a webinar, doing Facebook ads, you know, getting this set up, having the money for the ads to test them out and all of that good stuff. And they were struggling to do it in the time scale that we had together on my programs. So I thought, look, there has got to be an easier way. I also found that I went through the dramatic experience of my own funnels on Facebook breaking (laughs) and literally bringing me leads and clients, but no one could afford to work with me. So if anyone listening has experienced that, where they've had people coming onto calls, but no one can afford to work with you, I know exactly what that's like. I know how difficult that is and how stressful it is. And so I myself was like, okay, I've got to find a better way that's working for me and for my clients. Did a bit of research, looked at different platforms, looked at Instagram, dare I say it, with (laughs) the amount of effort that goes into growing an Instagram following. And for me, LinkedIn just emerged as the clear winner. And there were some key reasons why, which actually still hold up today. One of the things about LinkedIn that's so great is that you can get to grips with LinkedIn very easily compared to other social media platforms. LinkedIn is by far the easiest platform. The other reason is that you can start generating appointments with your ideal clients through LinkedIn very quickly. I mean, you know, in really a matter of a few weeks. Now, again, that is quite different from what you experience using other platforms as well. 
And let's add into that the fact that LinkedIn is really free. You don't need to use ads at all. Whereas on Facebook, if you want to get your posts seen, you know, you really do need to invest in ads. Um, and that's not to put Facebook ads down at all. I still use them. <laughs> you know, I my funnel was <laughs> managed to reemerge unbroken <laughs> um, about a couple of years later, and I started back on Facebook again. But still, for new business owners or even established business owners who are B two B, LinkedIn is the clear winner. You know, it's very easy to get working. There's no cost involved. You don't need to use ads. You, you're still getting organic reach, especially with some of the new tools that LinkedIn has brought out, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. Um, and, you know, it's it's easy for entrepreneurs who have no marketing experience to get to grips with. And that, I think, is one of the most important bits. So that's yeah. a little bit about what I was doing. See, the blessed thing about Facebook, what people don't realize is that there's a cost element before you even get to running your ad. And that is if you're not, if you don't have the golden hands to build landing page, sort out through all the different technical stuff, it could cost you up to maybe a couple of thousand just to say, get the landing page right, to get your email automation system right, and all, all the different wonderful things behind that. And then it's testing the images of the ads, it's testing, testing the headline, then drawing people in. If you're getting the clicks coming in, keeping those clicks at a low cost, I think you and me probably look at ads and go, oh, and analyze it and check it out to see what they're saying or the colors they're using and we'll jump in. Sometimes I wonder when all the people signing up to your email automation system, there's a percentage of them who are looking inquisitive. That's that's how we do our editive analysis. The beauty about LinkedIn is then with Facebook, you have to pay. And your ads go up and people panic and they don't realize that you really need the algorithms to run in for probably about 30 days, maybe even 90 days before you get that going. Absolutely. And Facebook now really don't care about you if you're spending $500 a month. They only really care about the people who are spending millions. You know, you're so right there, Joe, because, and you know, as someone who's taught both Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm, I'm not someone who comes in and says, oh, we only look at one platform. I always come from the angle actually of saying, what is the best platform right now for my audience to get the quickest results? And that's where I'm coming from because we know online marketing changes. It goes in waves. And, you know, Facebook was- An industry. Yeah, it does. And it goes in waves, right? Um, so there are times where Facebook can be absolutely brilliant, but for, you know, someone starting out in business, you know, the cost for, like you said, the tech setup, the cost then also for trying to even just get your audience pulled together so that your ads are actually targeting the right people. You need to be putting in, you know, 6,000 euros plus, you know, just on the ads to just get a concrete audience. That's not including the tech side. And for new business owners, that's just not feasible. In addition to that, we also have those business owners whose audience is just not on Facebook. Like there is crossover between Facebook and LinkedIn. And it's been interesting to see that recent information has shown that there is maybe 70, 80% of people on both platforms. But a lot of people that are on Facebook aren't necessarily there for business, whereas they are on LinkedIn. So if you're as a consultant or a coach and you're looking for these um, 
you know, senior leaders, you're looking for maybe CEOs, C-suite, or even senior managers. Um, yes, they might be on Facebook, but they're really only interacting with their friends on Facebook. They're not using Facebook for business or willing to, like, you know, click on your ad. <laughs> yeah, but you have so, YouTube coming in as well. And here's the thing that I, when I, when looking to help people, Facebook might be for you, LinkedIn might be for you, Instagram might be for you, depending on the niche and the demographic that their people are chasing. So it's not, you, you're not going to put someone who's fitted kitchens into LinkedIn. Their market may be picking people up on Instagram, the, the reality of it. Absolutely. If you're in more of a design creative space, then you definitely want to be growing your Instagram following. That's for sure. However, you might find referral sources on LinkedIn. So you may not use LinkedIn to go direct to customer, but you might want to use LinkedIn to get referral sources who can then promote you to their audience. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, the referral business. You have to sort of analyze all that and go on and go instead of just going, okay, we're going to jump on LinkedIn, but let's, let's get Instagram right first. But the beauty about LinkedIn, and this is what it is, LinkedIn are making a fortune anyway. And the reason they're making a fortune because they're charging people, you know, X amount, a small amount every month, where Facebook must be seeding, going, we should have surcharged people that. So LinkedIn came in at a right model. And that's why you have better parameters to be able to search and actually connect with your audience. And it's a networking tool. I believe it's like walking into a hotel room at a network meeting and you go, hi. It's then it's trying to people figure out how do I have those conversations with people? In my opinion, and you can agree or disagree with me, the only thing that stops someone from doing something is self-worth. And both of us grab somebody and help them with their self-worth, believing in themselves, having trust and faith that they're doing the right thing. But that only comes when you build confidence in their offer their process, their ability to sell, for them to have self-worth with themselves, to step forward and go, I've arrived. I agree. And I probably would even take it, take it a step further back because um, what I didn't say, Joe, when you asked me what I was doing before LinkedIn was I actually had my first business was as a psychotherapist. So I actually trained as a psychotherapist and worked as a psychotherapist for 10 Perfect. years. Perfect. It's human behavior. It's human behavior. And that probably is what makes me a good marketer. But I would say that with my clients, when they work with me, we go we go a bit further back to help them with understanding their business. Whether they're new or they're established, we look at what is their soul's journey that's taken Purpose. them to this point yeah. to do the work that they're doing and really try and get them to start recognizing the value of all the experiences they've had up until now. Even if their business has nothing to do with the challenges they faced in their life professionally or personally. Even if what they're doing now, they can't see that relationship. I want to, well, I love helping people to go back and see what the relationship is and how actually their journey has led them to doing the business they're doing today. Because then a lot of confidence comes through that. Trust and ethics, moral duty comes with you being a good consultant. If you were working with someone and you realize that this isn't going to work, they're in the wrong niche. Do you say to them, go, no, you're you're barking up the wrong tree here? So I would say this happens um, 
almost every time a new client comes to me, I, mean, I would say at least 70% of the time, um, people will come to me and they've, they've got the wrong niche. These are typically newer entrepreneurs, I would say, come in with the wrong niche. Okay. Um, and what's going on is that they have either just followed what a mentor said to them, okay, you should pick this niche because that's what is selling. <laughs> you know, that's what is easy for, for people to, to, to sell. People want to buy with that niche. Or they've just picked a niche at random. And neither of those options actually work for them because, of course, they don't have self-belief. They don't have that self-worth that they are good at doing that niche. Um, and a niche is really about understanding what key problem is that your audience has and who the people are that you want to work with and then narrowing it down by do the people you want to work with, are they in a particular industry sector? Are there any other narrowing factors that make this niche really, um, you know, kind of much more narrow and therefore you become the best person in that niche quite easily and quickly? Yeah, the, the expert is bringing your value, your purpose, your intellectual property all the different characteristics that you bring through your life experience and wisdom into that niche. Absolutely. You've, Joe, you've, you've nailed it. <laughs> this is, you're, you're singing the same tune as me. I think this is so important. And this is often what people don't realize is that your niche isn't something that you fit yourself to. Your niche fits you. So it's really your journey up until today and you create a niche around your expertise, your background, you know, um, what your gifts are here to share. That's, it's good to hear that as well, because I say that the sales industry is broke and the reason why it's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and everyone is trying to sell something that they're lacking confidence in, so they're not selling it correctly. Give what your clients, find out what your clients need and then build stuff around that. And I had to go deep searching into that. And I realized that that is wrong. There is a step that you have to go deeper. And that step is identifying, identifying what you bring to the table. And then when you bring that to the table, then you go out and ask what do you need and you can marry the two of them together. Where exactly. Everyone else. So it's great to hear we're, we're definitely on the same wavelength on that. But when you get all that right, okay, <laughs> which is the longest process, believe it or not, everything else is tactics. I know people are exhausted when I teach this in one one module. Like they're like, oh, my God, is the rest of the program going to be like this, Shelley? And I'm like, no, this is this is the kind of crux of it. If we get because this right, Because people don't want fun. to face the truth. So I, I used to say people don't want to take, you have to take full individual responsibility for your own actions in life. And when you stand in your own two shoes, then you go to the next level. With LinkedIn, we'll go, okay, I'm building up my list. I've got my list. How do I get the people in? I'm noticing a thing that with LinkedIn at the moment, is because there's so many people from Facebook now starting to migrate over to LinkedIn, am I seeing a, a Facebook feel to it that wasn't there before? Oh, you, you are, Joe. You are definitely seeing a change. And this isn't just... Um user-driven this is also you know linkedin or microsoft who owns linkedin it's 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 driven by them as well because it's there's two elements um obviously we are seeing kind of people pushing the boundaries around the type of content they share on linkedin 
because we know that personal content gets more engagement. Um, when you share, you know, dramatic personal stories, and I was just scrolling through my feed this morning on LinkedIn, and I am not kidding, I saw a story of a person sharing about their son who just tried to commit suicide with pictures of them in the hospital, which I think is crossing a line personally as a former psychotherapist. But anyway, another story of a parent who was sharing about their son coming out as um, gay because, and with Pride Month. Um, so we're, you know, we're seeing these very, very intensely personal stories coming onto LinkedIn, which is something that we probably didn't see as much of in the field previous in, in the in the newsfeed previously. And part of this is that yes, the personal stories are the ones that drive more engagement. They get more views, comments, likes, shares, okay, um, because people find emotional content more easily to relate to than theoretical content. So yes, that's one element. The other element is that LinkedIn is, you know, has realized what people are interested in and therefore is pushing content that is more personal orientated. So when I was scrolling through my feed this morning, none of the people whose stories that I shared are actually my connections. They're other people who have creator mode <laughs> switched on on LinkedIn, where they are basically tagging themselves under LinkedIn's terms as a content creator. And so none of them were my actual direct first degree connections. And so their content was being shown to me deliberately by LinkedIn because they've switched on a mode called creator mode. And therefore, they're telling LinkedIn that they want their content shown to more people. And LinkedIn are then showing their content to people they think will be interested in that, that content. And that's how they're also growing their followership as well. So the number of followers. So it's these two things that are going on with LinkedIn. And LinkedIn does want to try and be relevant in the way that they're seeing other platforms be relevant you know but what makes linkedin unique in itself it wasn't like other platforms and it was that professional like the one thing i liked about linkedin over the last covid years there was no talk about covid there was no real for or against on it it was just business now the battleground against what was right and wrong with with covid was Facebook. And that's what I liked. But I also then see up the top, it's in my face, see what's going on in Ukraine. I don't want to see what's going on in Ukraine because, and that can create fear within people as well, going, oh my God, it's, you know, psychologically create that recession in their mind. Oh my God, there's a war, everything is doomed. So I think that's wrong for LinkedIn even to have that, you know, check what's going on in there. They should have a more positive programming because it's business that grows the creator content is that then killing the people who are posting up good quality well thought out business content asking questions to help other people in business is that killing that i, I think linkedin are going too far with the way they, they're setting their algorithm to focus more on the personal content that's my personal view i do think they're going too far because people who've been doing more business-related posts, and I'm a real advocate of the valuable content posts, which are around, you know, your business and therefore business questions real value. And yeah, yeah in, in, insight engagement from your ideal clients gives them real value. 
and also start then to lead to those inbound needs, you know, and inquiries around your work. I'm a real proponent of that. I love that style. It's what comes naturally to me to teach as well. However, what we're seeing is that those business-related posts um, are getting deliberately getting less views. They're being shown by LinkedIn to less numbers of people. So the strategy that I'm now teaching, and I've got a webinar coming up on, um, on this, the strategy that I'm teaching is you want to think about, you know, personal, personal post, business post, personal, personal, business post. So if you think of it in that way, and then even the personal posts, I I am moving. I, I personally feel that I don't want to do personal posts where I'm dredging up every shocking story from my background. I don't want to, I don't want that to be my voice. I want my voice to come across as inspiring, motivational. And so I'm looking at my values to create content that is personal, more personal, more emotionally connecting with my audience, but is much more around um, inspiring, motivating stories rather than this, you know, shock kind of approach. Because we really, whatever is kind of the latest trend, um, that becomes the norm. So if you are a business owner and you're thinking, well, what do I do now? Do I have to join in and create these shocking personal stories to try and get attention? Well, I would say no. Yes, they get lots of views. Yes, they get you know a lot of attention. But what I would do is think more about your values. What are really important to you? What are your values? And for the personal posts, create content that's based around your values that, that still is going to add something to your audience. So if they feel like they're getting to know you, they're getting to know you in a way that you feel very comfortable with. You're showing, you're showing the best of yourself to them. Um, yeah. And then also we we do want to put the business, the bit, and we can kind of have a crossover between personal and business posts where we share a bit of our personal story and switch it into the business side. <laughs> so yeah, then, but but let me let me let me say this to you then, right? Yeah. I think what they're doing from a business point of view can be very beneficial to people that want to do business with their audience. That's in the messaging that you will then reach out to people. So if you connect with someone with LinkedIn as a number two, two or one, you can then say in that message, I've noticed myself that LinkedIn is starting to produce more for me personally, isn't business orientated. And, you know, we're here about networking, but we're also here about education and learning. Exactly. Maybe. And I see that content is getting lost between fluffy cats and Bertie cakes. If you're really interested in good quality content, why not connect with me within my newsletter or with my group or whatever it may be and driving those people then into your own email automation systems so you have them there then as well i agree 100 percent agree with you joe and um i think if we, we we sort of take the conversation from content side to newsletters what i would say just to wrap up the content piece is that if you are doing the, sort of a few personal posts and then a business post, 
know that what this is about is it's about helping your audience to first of all like you as a human being trust, and yeah. then be yeah and trust you and then be ready to do business with you and buy from you because they like you so don't be afraid of that i think it's important not to be afraid but there's a way of doing it in what i feel is a way where you're going to be able to be comfortable if someone comes up to you on the street and says hey you know a complete stranger walking up to you on the street says hey i read about your you know your son having such and such happening, right? You know, because you need to be comfortable with that. So that's that's what I would suggest on that. And if we bring it across to the newsletter side, yes, absolutely. This is one of the features when you turn on creator mode, you get access to LinkedIn Lives and LinkedIn newsletters straight away. And I 100%, Joe, I 100% feel that the newsletter is a very important part of the strategy now for people wanting to get business through LinkedIn. Now, on the other hand, I now get hundreds of people ask me to join, subscribe to their newsletter. And I'm getting so many, I'm not engaging with any because they're just popping up. They're popping up in the connection so join the new, could you join my newsletter? So someone's gone and hit all. And I'm kind of going, there's so many of them here. I, if I was to join all these newsletters, I wouldn't get anything done. So I think there, people need to have a strategy about and re-scripting the direction. And the other thing then is Facebook groups. I'm torn between Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, it, it is. And I think the key thing, Joe, is to understand that to be successful on LinkedIn, we have to fo- focus on the behaviors and the actions as opposed to the results. And so a coordinated strategy is what's important now to be successful. Previously, you could have just sent some direct messages, you know, with templated emails and I put my hands up. I was part of, unfortunately, the rise of people sending lots of direct messages. I've been part of that process. I've worked with hundreds of clients and, you know, taught them direct messaging approaches. And they've been very successful at, at working. But of course, we're now seeing that the direct messages have been overused. Um, and so people are getting too many of them. You know, that brain fog when it comes to the notifications about newsletters, it's like any time something becomes popularized. Marketers kill it. We kill it. Unfortunately, (laughs) I have to take um, some, you know, I take some um, credit for that. We all do. Quick, 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 everyone. I'm going to put my hands up. I'm going to be honest because, but you know, my clients have made hundreds of thousands in a matter of like five months. Just, But that's where the speed of market comes in. Everyone goes right and they all run towards it. I've seen everybody run towards these newsletters and I'm going, okay, I'm not engaging in, in it. That was my choice. Now I'm seeing what they are, but now I'm going to use a different approach. Now the beauty of it is that once you post something in it, all those people will, will get it in, get it instantly. Great. Exactly. Yeah. And I'd still say newsletters are still really worth using um, because the thing is that you're going to, first of all, add the newsletter to your profile. So it's going to be in your featured section of your profile. You're also going to inform all of your existing connections about your newsletter. So it's a great way of making sure that your existing connections who want to see your content or want to hear from you about what you have to say, they are going to get that into their email inbox as well as a notification in LinkedIn. 
So it's it, and you then also have your followers as well, and you can get your followers into it. And then, of course, LinkedIn is showing it up to other people. But the primary people initially is, especially if you've got some a few thousand or more connections and followers, the primary people you want to get on your newsletter initially are the people who are already following you and are already your connections. I've twelve thousand. You know, in the beginning, it was just anybody and everyone. When now. If I look back, half, probably half the people there in those 12,000 are real competitors. Now, I'm more tailored about who I connect with. And it's industry special and it's the people I want to work with that I can share advice with. But it's also very important. I think we could agree on so much. I think we could we could talk about this for days. We could. Is, <laughs> is getting the people then to get their email address into your own system. Because if LinkedIn went down tomorrow, you're snookered. Like Facebook went down last year for a couple of hours and people nearly lost their mind, (laughs) you know, you know, because it was their only connection with the world. But if you have an email in your own system. Absolutely. So and I always say and with that, then you can get telephone numbers or whatever it be that the worst case scenario, if it's stuff went down, people might think of I have a hard copy of lists here. That I can actually, if I need to, if things went down, I could pick up the phone and ring people. Absolutely. And I think you're you're absolutely right. I think if we want to break this down to something really simple for people listening to understand, you have three elements to being able to pick up clients. You have the attraction piece, you then have the engagement piece, and then you have the convert piece. And if we look at it in this simple way, with the attraction piece on LinkedIn, you are attracting people by connecting with your ideal clients through LinkedIn. So you're sending that connection request to build your connections and you're building your audience or your network with people who are your ideal clients. So that's the attract piece. Then you have the engagement piece. And then you have like initial, what do you do in your first direct message to the person after they've accepted your connection request? And I would say you want to start a conversation with them. You know, we want to take a bit of time. We want to start a conversation. We don't want to do what everyone else has done in the past, which is, you know, put my hands up, the direct message <laughs> template, templated message. We want to start a conversation. So that's the next piece. But then you need a bit more of a longer engagement piece than getting lost in the soup of your content sharing, right? Because now it's become a bit of a soup around content. So what do you do to carry on the engagement? Well, you have some options here. You can have a newsletter, but again, that's within LinkedIn's ecosystem. And if you're using the newsletter, I would say send once a week or or twice a month. So I wouldn't go to once a month. I would actually do it more frequently than that because you want to use it more as that engagement builder. So you want it to be, you know, ideally once a week, but we can go to once a fortnight if that's more plausible for you. So that's creating some engagement. So it's warming up your audience until they're ready to buy from you. There are other ways of creating that engagement to bring them on to you know downloading a lead magnet from you and then you have an email series obviously taking into consideration gdpr you have an email series that then warms them up it's only us europeans that have gdpr to worry about so basically then you have your follow-up email series and again at least one email a week and that's warming people up until they're ready to buy and then nurturing that yeah and then you have that third piece which is a convert where you need to invite people to have a call with you Basically, you've got to convert them onto a call and then from there on to, you know, becoming a client or you have to convert them onto through buying on through a sales page. 
it's going yeah. to be one of those two things it's like when when i met my wife i didn't run up to her and say to her i wanted to marry her right away i had to i had to be nice to her and show her that it was real and <laughs> go out for a meal and and then you had to do these annoying things all, until all you these the all these <laughs> things and knowing knowing and instantly we were we were to be together but still had to go through it you know but but that's that's what what it is and that was the thing is that you didn't focus on the results you focused on the behaviors and actions that would then lead to the result you wanted which was marrying your wife so the behaviors and actions were getting to know her having conversations taking her out for meals showing her that you were interested in her and these are the kinds of things on LinkedIn that we also need to do we need to engage with our ideal clients ask them questions you know, find out more about them, have conversations. <laughs> but but there's the thing about with LinkedIn, you know, it's long, I'm doing long posts. So I, you know, I write a paragraph and then at the end of that paragraph, I'll ask someone three questions. So long content, three questions to get people in and I'll convert them now into um, the newsletter, but then driving people through it. But the one thing that I think a lot of people, they go, oh, you know, LinkedIn is great and initial contact. People, what I find is when you're working with them, says, when do I ask for that appointment? You know, and I've seen people send me war and peace of, and I'm going to go, oh my God, I, I, I'm yeah, not reading. Much. And so then much. I see other people just going straight in, connect and then go on. I do this and I'm going, okay, I understand. I try and answer people back. So there, there is a, a simple connect message, message, and then invite to, for, for a chat, for a chat, and then to see where it's lined up. And I think people struggle with that part of it. And that's to do with their insecurity then as well. Or, and I say to people, if you do connect and they say no, so what? They weren't going to be a customer anyway. You know, you weren't going to work with them. Like I sent someone a message and they sent back, no. But, you know, you just ignore it and you go, thank God you said that because he would never have been my client anyway. And what I have as an offer isn't resonating with him. If you get X amount wrong, that's okay. There's billions on it, people that are right. And you only need X amount of people to work with. You don't need millions of people to work with. You probably, if you're pricing right and you have a program, you probably only need maybe about 20, 30 people if you want to make, you know, 200,000 a year. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that the biggest block for a lot of um, coaches, consultants, business owners is actually just being afraid of what's the reaction that they're going to get. Are they going to be rejected? You know, what if, what if someone says no? And, and actually, you know, this is the thing, you know, um, it really getting used to rejection can be the biggest way of growing yourself as a human being ever. Because if you are not afraid of rejection, then let's face it, you're going to have way more fun in your life generally than someone who is really afraid of rejection. So I try and say to my clients, if this is what's blocking them, because, you know, this, this often is something that's blocking them. I just say, well, look, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? You, you know, you send a message or you send a few messages or you start a conversation and then you invite them for a call and they say no. 
what's the worst that's going to happen? Is the world going to stop? You know, is, is like, are you going to lose like people that are really important to you? No, like anything that's really, really important is it, not going to happen as a result of that. You know, someone saying no. <laughs> no, or, or you're getting on, all you've done was you've met someone, you've engaged and, or they've gone, no. If you're doing something and it's not working and you keep doing it, it's not working, you go, okay, I need to be more bold. If I'm doing something and it's not generating the leads and it's not bringing in the business, then I need to be bolder. If you're a little bit bolder and lose that fear, when clarity is in and you understand everything, something in the ether, I can't describe it, changes. And business comes in from different angles that you've never expected to come in. And one of the things, like I know you because I've listened to your videos even though we had never actually met and we messaged. So when we jumped on for to do the interview at the radio station, I knew you already. When you're pushing out that content out there, unknowingly, you're building that relationship anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're hitting on something super important, Joe. And I would say this is, this is, um, this is the same on LinkedIn in terms of creating content, in terms of engaging with your ideal clients, sending out the, the messages to them, building your connections. The more you are consistent about showing up and you know sharing what you're here to share, a lot of people will just be lurking. They'll just be watching. They won't necessarily. So it's important not to get caught up with, oh, this post only got like this many views, you know, and I'm not getting like 30,000 views on my posts. Like, is it, you know, it's important to know it's not just one post that matters. Even if you're consistently getting 300 views on your posts, that's 300 people who are viewing your posts. That's 300 more than the zero that you would have if you're not posting at all. And that's the important thing is you'll get more views over time anyway, because you'll build up more of a following over time. You'll start writing better content. You know, you'll, you'll get more engagement, more views just from showing up and engaging with others. What you do. And what I do, LinkedIn is only a part of it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's all that other stuff. So people are like, oh, I want to do business. I want to do business on LinkedIn. There's a multiple, let me say, simple steps that need to be put in place before you jump on LinkedIn. And that's what you do. You you navigate people through all those different, you know, we talk about the connection we're talking about their you know their ir- irresistible offer their free offer their email their connection with the people their you know the persona of all the people that they do and when you get all them aligned up then you were approaching on linkedin and i think that's the, the crucial part we know that people want something new that doesn't they've tried everything else and it has to be in such a way that it's easy and it solves their problem that's the structure of it Absolutely. It's very important. And I think that that also is something that makes me a little bit different as a LinkedIn trainer um, from others is that I'm not just a LinkedIn trainer. I'm, I've been in online marketing for 20 years. I have run my own different businesses before training people in social media that weren't social media related, but I've used social media in order to grow those businesses. So there's a lot of practical experience and before you even jumping on LinkedIn, you need to know what your niche is, who your ideal clients are, what your offering is, and make sure that's all lined up. Even if you're established already, you still need to go through that process. 
before you go on to LinkedIn and you start trying. But even to if you are established, that you could be. That's why I believe everybody needs a coach or a consultant, because we all have blind spots. We all have them. And you could be increased with established businesses, consultants or coaches, and they increase massively what they charge. They they realize through going through that process of understanding their niche, their audience, their offerings, they change their offering. They make it a bigger package, but they charge way more for it. Um, and actually, they make it so that it's easier for them to attract their ideal clients. And like, isn't that wonderful? Because you understand that business so well yourself. Don't you feel passionate? And that's the power of it. If you're aligned with everything, it's also people have to understand is is pricing on value and outcome, not on hours. So I don't believe that people should price on an hourly rate. I think they should price on, they should have a start and end point uh, because everything needs to start and end. And then you can put them in a subcategory or whatever that may be, but it's pricing on value and the end result, whatever that is. And if you get that into the mindset as well, one of the things as well, which I think a lot of people don't use about with LinkedIn they can look it up if they want. And I think it's one of the greatest tools is Boolean search. Yes. Yes. Fantastic tool. Yeah. Yeah. People want to find out what that is. They can connect with you or me and we'll tell them how to use it. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. But it is, it is such a a secret sauce that actually can really home in. We'll need to get out of it. Yeah. I would also also um, highly, highly recommend Sales Navigator. And I know I'm plugging LinkedIn's premium yeah, service, yeah, but yeah. Um, I definitely think Sales Navigator is, is a fantastic. It, um, it's, it is great. And it's plugging that. And it's also seeing who's connected and then being able to drill down. Now, that's it. It's drilling down on your ideal clients. So you really drill down to exactly who your ideal clients are rather than connecting with people who are vaguely in the area of being your ideal client. Or may not it to be your ideal client at all. Like, But it's taking the effort people. of looking at their photographs to see if their age was, is in the niche. Okay, this person is 18 or this person is 45. Unless I know some people who have photographs up who were in their 50s and they photographed <laughs> up when they were 420. <laughs> so then you look at what their jobs and calculate their jobs and when they started. So you can you can figure that out then on a Okay, so LinkedIn is a great way for consultants and coaches, right, and trusted advisors, as we say, to grow their business organically. Yes. Okay, now there is a pay to get all that right as a cost. What do you think, if someone was starting off and frustrated or stressed out, what would you say to them to offer them some advice about taking that step? Yeah, and getting started. And I would say, look, we we have discussed a lot of slightly more advanced strategies around LinkedIn today. So I don't want you to be feeling a bit overwhelmed (laughs) by everything you've heard. But I'd say as a first step, your first step is just set up an account. And if you've got an account, the second step is optimizing your LinkedIn profile. Um, Yeah, I have a checklist as well. I mean, look, there are lots of um, free resources I have that can just help you with knowing what to put in your profile to make it effective. Um, but the key thing here is don't make it a resume. <laughs> make your profile actually speak to your audience about 
the work you do and how you can help them with your business. That's the key focus. Get that checklist. Where can they go for that? Yeah. Maybe? The best thing would be just connect with me on LinkedIn. It's it's just LinkedIn forward slash and Shelly Hutchinson. So you, you can find me easily on LinkedIn and just send me a connection request and say you'd like that. Um, you go to clientnectar.com. So it's all one word, just client and then N-E-C-T-A-R.com. And your five-day um, challenge as well. That's... And yeah, download anything of mine from anywhere and you'll end up on my mailing list and be able to get all the details of my upcoming five-day challenges and all the rest all the of time, the good stuff. Which are quite fun. And it's, it, <laughs> They're I think, great. You know, which group is in the beginning works best? Pulling people from LinkedIn. Do I keep people on LinkedIn? There's, and I love your group because, you know, you pop up and there's people will engage and everybody wants to be part of something. And everybody wants to ask those questions. Yeah, and I, you know, I would say it's like remembering it's like this attract, engage, convert strategy. And it's that engagement piece. Facebook groups, bringing people from LinkedIn and into a Facebook group, that's part of that engagement piece. It's taking the place of the email series that warms people up. It's the same thing. It's a space. If you bring people into your Facebook group, it's a space where you can go live once a week. You can warm them up by engaging with them. You know, and then you can convert them from there onto calls or even straight to buy your program. It's choosing something is what I would say. But of course, if, you know. No posting a cat stuff. Um, well, actually, do you know what? Um, posting a picture of your cat on, on, it, on your chair at your desk about to use your computer is actually will go down really well on LinkedIn. <laughs> you will get, I've seen people do that with their dogs and my cat is always sitting on my office chair. Crazy. If you were a business owner and you are a busy business owner, you don't have time, Bill, I don't have the time to say hello to people, but just get straight into it, you know? So I think that's, I think for the professional business person, I think there's going to be that sort of conflict on it. I, I agree. And I think that's where I say, you know, it's about really being in touch with your value, realizing that, look, there are, you know, we're, we're always coming up with stories. There's stories that we tell ourselves all the time. There's stories happening in our lives. And just have a little pen and paper with you so that you can write down some of those nuggets of stories. Um, sometimes it's even like I'm, you know, I'm on a program myself and I heard the mentor say some amazing stuff to me. Like she just told me a story and it just was like, oh, my God, light bulb moment. And that's what I shared the other day on my wall. I shared the story that wasn't even mine. It was from a mentor I was listening to, but it was just so good. I was like, I have to tell that. And it did really well. And it wasn't my story. So it's it's knowing that we're surrounded by great content all the time that we can share and just knowing it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, we were talking, Joe, about how I'm going to share on LinkedIn about having had this wonderful chat with you today. So that's also great because it's showing people that I'm someone that is, you know, um, being listened to enough that, that is, is being brought on to Joe's amazing Dublin show, you know, uh, Dublin South FM. Like these are giving people reassurance that I am who yeah, I say I am. But it's also the content that you produced made exactly. me, made us here go, okay, here's something that we feel is an expert and can bring value to our listeners as well. That's, oh, thank you for saying that. And I mean, it's, you know, but this is what I'm trying to say to anyone listening is that this is going to be a two minute writing the post. It's going to take me two minutes to create and to share. And 
um, you know, and, and that it doesn't have to be complicated. If you're feeling nervous about it, it can be literally what you're doing today, because what you're doing is going to be of interest to people who are following you, especially if it's related to, you know, your business or you're going somewhere or, you know, you're, you're going on a big trip or something like that. It's going to be of interest to people who are following you. What, in your opinion, should be for someone who's putting into work into LinkedIn, how many appointments without using any external platform, we know what they are, you know, um, appointments should they be realistically getting on a weekly basis? I think what I would say to them is don't focus on the number of appointments, focus on the behaviors and actions you can take. So focus on how many conversations you start, focus on how many people you're engaging with on their posts each day. If you focus on the behaviors and the actions, you will get the result of the number of appointments you want. But you can't control the appointments. What you can control is your behavior and action. And so if you focus on doing, say, I'm going to engage with at least five people on their posts every day, I'm going to start 10 conversations every day, whether that's through my direct messaging or whether that's through being in a LinkedIn group. You know, these are the things that you can control and the appointments will take care of themselves, you know, um, and they, the appointments will grow depending on how much you put into the behaviors and actions. Agreed. And my pet hate, <laughs> my pet hate is if you join a group and you post something, the admin don't share it. That's, you can have conversation with someone. This is from a sales point of view. You can have a conversation with someone in Messenger that you, if you don't ask to meet up, you will lose that opportunity because you can talk and talk and talk and you should have asked them, but you haven't asked them. And it goes on to a point that you've lost the sale. I call that you buy back your product or your service. Shelly, it was wonderful talking to you here at Dublin South FM. Oh, it's been great to be here, Joe. And like I said, if anyone wants to connect with me, just hop onto LinkedIn and, you know, forward slash Shelly Hutchinson. Yes, folks. And what a great interview on LinkedIn. I'm sure you are all have your pen and paper out. You have taken plenty of notes and you are now going back to your keyboard and bashing away to find out the best way for you to be successful on LinkedIn. As we say, we try and bring you the best people. We bring you influencers, authors and consultants who are helping you grow your business. So remember, if you want to be successful, starts with you. Lose the fear. Until next week here at Dublin South FM, I'd like to wish you a great week. Take care. What if you could have a sustainable business without the liquidity concerns and make your company more profitable? Curious? Check out our tried and tested proven client acquisition formula. Go to www.joedalton.ie and book your free consultation now.